and here we are. Welcome back. Hi, Alan. Hello. All right. Our job uh, this two weeks, I think, is fulfilling promises. And oh, we did it? promise <laughs> we did promise a few things uh, two weeks oh ago. Okay. So this week we're gonna have to go and deliver on another one of those promises. Yes, we sir. did say we we're gonna talk about Hearthstone. Oh, Hearthstone! Yes. Yes. One and... of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> of course, you say that. <laughs> well, I, no, it really was. Okay. I'm not okay. Kidding. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. I haven't played as as much as I as I used to, but okay. um, I used to be a nut. I used, I mean, God, I think I had almost. And if you don't play, you won't know what this is. But I think I had like out of there are nine heroes in Hearthstone. Yep. Play, and if you get I think like five hundred wins on on one of those guys, mm-hmm. then they become a golden hero. I think oh. I had seven out of nine golden. Holy heroes. shit! I was close. I was close to an eighth, and then I kind of just got out of it. But Dude. Yeah. I quick grinded, baby. <laughs> quick maths. That's seven times five hundred. That's, dude. 3,500 wins. Wins, wins, by the way, not just wins, matches. Right? So, wins. you know, if you've got a uh, 50%, 50% win rate, that's 7,000 matches? Uh, I mean, it's a lot. Where <laughs> where did you find the freaking time to do that, Alan? I worked at Blizzard, man. So oh, I, I could get you away know. with saying, oh, yeah, this work. <laughs> I am. You know, technically, it is work. The game. Exactly. No, actually, it is. It, it is. is work. I think one of the things that maybe some people outside the industry don't quite understand Mm. is that you know once you are in the game industry and especially with you know a company with a culture as strong as blizzard Mm. i mean you 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 need to a you need to love games right Uh, and then b because you love games um and also because it's your job you really want to understand the mechanics oh yeah you definitely want to understand the mechanics of your own game oh yeah your game yes um because you know when you're talking to the community or you're trying to do marketing or whatever it is, right. Um, your credibility is only, you know, um, tied to whether you really understand the meta mechanics and, you know, the lore and everything else, Mm -hmm. um, around, around that particular game. Otherwise, you know, the community is going to figure out like, and they don't even know their own game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, all right. Um, Plus it was a lot of fun. I I really, of course, so now, if anyone comes to you, challenge you to a Hearthstone match, you would say, uh, "Yeah, I know. Sh- I, say, I know shit." I would say my I, I don't know the meta anymore. Okay. I don't have the newest deck. I would need a good week or two of a uh, week version. Okay. No, because okay. So here's the other thing mm. about Hearthstone um, with regards to me. I'm a pretty stubborn guy. Okay. And I refuse to net deck. <laughs> Sorry, can so, you explain that? Uh, net decking? You know what net decking is, right? N- not Don't... really. Oh my god. Okay, so this is this is why you know games are you know is such a broad category. Even people yeah. that are, love games don't know everything about every. Nope. Game. So net decking. So basically, Hearthstone is a card game. Yeah. And you build a, you build a deck mm-hmm. um, that, that you think is strong, and then you play against other people. Okay. And um, net decking is some people have figured it out already oh and they publish you know that deck online so you know um it takes part of the um you know part of the work out of it so to speak is okay. you just copy their deck and then right. you use it right because it's a proven proven strong deck 
Um, I won't do that, right? <laughs> I, I am stubborn, like, I'm going to make my own deck. I'm going to figure out, you know, the best combinations and kind of put it together in a unique way and then play with that. And that's fine, but that takes a lot, you know, it, it takes it effort. takes right? effort. You, got, you put it together and then you go out and you test it and then you're like, oh, man, that didn't work at all. I got <laughs> you got to go back. You got destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. And then try it again. That, that so, sounds really fun. God damn. It, it, it actually, um, it is fun, but it, mm. it's not fun. Not everyone finds it. So I think that's one of the things about Hearthstone, you know, the feedback on some, mm-hmm. from some Hearthstone players is, um, you know, uh, and that's why they net deck, right? Because they don't, they don't enjoy that part of trying to build right. their own decks. And then right. I think the other part um, was that some of the more uh, competitive decks mm-hmm. required certain cards. Yeah. And in Hearthstone, there are only two ways to get cards. Um, there's one where if you grind enough, you get this thing called dust, and mm-hmm. you can kind of create the cards that you want, but you only get a little teeny, tiny, tiny yeah. amount of dust every day. You've got to play a lot of games. For me, yes. that wasn't a problem, right? Because I played so much. But, or you have to buy packs. Yes. Right. And, you know, some people were like, yeah, you know, if I don't <laughs> play a lot, then I got to pay to kind of get those cards. And, you know, that kind of rubbed them the wrong way. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, so, I'll, like for me, I would be in that camp now because I haven't right. played in a long time. And so, you know, I don't have any of those good cards. So I would need to kind of um, either pony up or grind a lot to kind of get those Oof. cards. Okay. Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest with you. That was one of the reasons why I did not continue playing Hearthstone. I, okay, actually, there's another reason for that. Somehow, the Southeast Asian region is clumped up together with America, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I signed up for the Asia region, and I bought stuff, and I. It never occurred to me why am I seeing all these Chinese Korean players, oh. and I I don't wait, 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 see wait, wait, wait. English Actually, players. There is a there is a, uh, a Southeast Asian. There is. Yeah, it's America and Southeast Asia, dude. <laughs> I wow. I didn't know it, and so I signed up for the Asian region. I oh. bought stuff, and then I realized shit, this is not my region. And then I swapped over to uh, Americas and Southeast Asia, and all my packs are left over. At the Asia region, right? So I can't even transfer it, and I am not about to pay more for the same stuff uh, I've already I'm had. Sorry. Now, sorry. well, I, it's it's a known problem, but it's not a bug; it's a feature. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's a, a side effect of having server region. Yep, um, that's right. Which uh, are a necessary. Um, yeah, it, it's a. I mean, it serves a purpose having. Um, server regions not least of which is you know it it kind of keeps latency down that's so, that's true um yeah, they, yeah like it there are pros and cons right you, of course always, always trade-offs i mean server regions allow games to have um you know low ping yep and so you don't get these lags and of stuff. course of course um, but it it does in a sense segregate mm-hmm. you know communities out from one another yeah well so, okay well, let's talk about that uh, along the way, Alan, we have oh, to yeah. start at the beginning, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Promise. What did we promise? Hearthstone? We promised Hearthstone esports. But before we jump into the esports part, of course, we got to talk about Hearthstone itself. And yes. you were heavily involved in Hearthstone in the I publishing was, of it. I was a player 
here. So yeah. Um, okay, I now I remember. Okay, so this is the story of Hearthstone Esports. Oh right. My own, my own, my own story on it. Okay. Um, I don't want to get in trouble. So, um, I, when Hearthstone, okay, Hearthstone had been in develop for many development for many many, and um, my own take on it was like when I first heard that it was a card game. Right, I was like, "What? A card game? Like we're making a card game?" <laughs> um, I was, I was dismissive. I, I will admit it. I was dismissive. Wow. Um, and then I went back to HQ, and at that time, it they had a prototype, a beta. Okay. Um, I played it. Oh my god! Yeah, I, and I was instantly like, "This is so much fun!" Like there was an <laughs> internal, there was an internal beta for only employees. Oh I shit! Swear, I was playing it like crazy. I just okay. could not get enough of that. Um, so I was immediately converted. But I was also very quickly um, of the mindset that this is a competitive game. This is an eSport. Really? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I was, it, very, it was very clear to me. Hmm. And, and I went to the developers um, who will remain nameless. And they're very cool guys. Very, you know, good, one of them was a good friend. Um, but I was saying, like, man, what, you know, are you going to do make this eSport? You know, are you going to have some features or, you know, observer mode, things like that? Um, and, and they were like, yeah, you know, let's launch a game first, see how it goes. <laughs> and, okay. You know, then if the community wants it, because Blizzard is very community. Focused, yes. You know, then, then, you know, maybe we'll add that stuff. And I was like, no, you, you don't understand. This is, this is going <laughs> to, this is going to help the game by having, you know, okay. stuff around it. ESport. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, and then, okay, so fast forward a few months when after Hearthstone launches, and you know Blizzard has BlizzCon every year, which is yes. their really really big get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, tickets sell out in minutes, and uh, you know tens of thousands of people show up. Yep. So I'm there, and um, they have basically show matches. So they had you know I think eight different influencers, people like Crip, um, yeah. Trump, uh, who all the best who, Hearthstone been, players basically who had been. Well, it's arguable whether they were the best, but they were streaming it a lot. All right, right? And that's so right. So they were the most watched influencers, mm-hmm. and they were pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Um, and at that time, who knows who the best? But they had invited them to to um, BlizzCon to play, you know, kind of a mini tournament among themselves um, in one of the halls. And this hall seated, yeah, I would say roughly, you know, had seats for a thousand people. So wow. Um, you know, we get there and no one knows how many people are going to show up, right, to watch this. Yeah. Whether people are interested or not. Go there. It's packed. I mean, it's <laughs> standing room only. And I, and me and the dev, and the, and the two devs that I mentioned, are standing in the back. And I'm just looking Whoa. at them going, you, you still think this isn't an eSport? <laughs> right? Come on, guys. Look gotcha. at these people. They're loving it. Yes. They're watching it, right? And at that time, you know, no one knows how to cast it no one knows how to stream it right yeah and yeah it's all being made up as you go along but still there are a thousand people there having a great time watching so um yeah so I, I guess that's a story like a lot of times you don't know if a game's an esport or not um and i think developers are justified in saying look we want to make a fun game we want to make yep. sure that uh the the community gets around it um but you know, even if you want to make it an esport, like even if they had realized right then that it was an esport, there were still a lot of features in there that they you'd need to build. Like, hey, a proper observer mode, make of it course. easy for people to look at different decks, you know, different people's hands and things like that. Um, and it wasn't there. So um, there are a lot of things that 
going to the eSport and not least of which is, you know, the right development support to build the right features, like lobbies and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, eSports is, um, it's, it's a complicated thing and it requires a lot of parties to get kind of be in coordination. Okay. So that's kind of the point of that story. So that was uh, the point when you, of course, you've realized this right from the get-go as you were just touching Hearthstone, but the yeah, developers... Yeah, I had early are, access. Of so course. I, I an advantage. Yeah, but the point was uh, that your developer friends didn't really thought about it as an esports thing, but then they got to BlizzCon and there you were with all these packed uh, rooms and uh, interested people. Uh, th- that's something interesting to me. I think it's showing that for any title, there is a huge role being played by the streamers and the influencers. I I would even argue the reason why that room was packed was because they're there to watch the influencers play. Do you think that's a valid argument? I think that's super valid. And I think you've seen that play out with you know, multiple different games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Apex Legends comes. Oh tomorrow. yeah, that that's crazy, right? I mean, oh, and Fortnite is also a great example of. And that now Valorant, where, and and Valorant now, right? You yeah. know, gazillions of people watching on Twitch and crazy. influencers playing it. I think you know, and and game developers realize that mm. um, very keenly that you know the influencers are are able to swing. Um, if nothing else, generate awareness and potentially swing players into the game. Um, it's a great hype machine. Um, and it's a great way for people to be introduced to the game, frankly, as well. There's an education component so that when they do finally you know, get their hands on the game, um, they kind of know how to play because they've been watching other people. Play. Right. Yeah, th- th- that is very interesting. And I- I'm glad that developers, companies are realizing that and are capitalizing on that. They're oh, actually... Huge. They're actually using. Uh, I would. I don't think the word "using" is right, but you get the point, right? They they it's use reciprocal. this strat. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely reciprocal. Like yes. Blizzard had uh, a team of people to take care of um, um, an inter interface with, you know, uh, the key influencers in different Blizzard titles. Right. That's how important these people were. Because yeah. um, look. Uh, the the influencers are also the most vocal and sometimes the most knowledgeable about the ins and outs of the games, and they give valuable feedback on how to improve the yeah. game. Um, because they spend so much time with it. And, you know, they also have the benefit of having viewers who also give feedback. That's right. So, um, and, and so Blizzard gets a lot out of it, and they support them by giving them early access to things. Yep. Um, inviting them to events. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, because that helps the influencer build their own viewership, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think both sides, you know, benefit from it. In some cases, you know, the influencers are also, you know, paid, um, right? In right. Some cases uh, to play certain games, um, and so yeah, there are multiple levels of uh, of, course. Of, of benefit to both sides. Yes, and it's great because it's uh, it's a way of building a community, right? Like you. You don't have to be directly involved now. You just have to find those key figures who you know can drive an audience. And just so happens that today, those are in the form of influencers and streamers. I, I, I think, you know, maybe this is straying a little bit off of the esports topic, sure. but probably related. I mean, is identifying those individuals is actually 
pretty hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, because yeah. again, it's very, it, it, sometimes it's quite organic and maybe a little haphazard. Like, you know, a new game shows up and you, you, gen, you many oftentimes, most of the time, you, you, new influencers appear who just happen to um, resonate, who, uh, you know, uh, are good at the game and then uh, resonate with the community and they just start watching it. Um, mm -hmm. You don't, I think, um, you know, the sometimes influencers don't migrate with games necessarily, right? And, and or, or their audiences don't migrate with them to the new game mm -hmm. sometimes. So uh, I, I think it's very, it's very much an art to, for the game developers anyway, to identify early on who the influencers are um, in a particular game right. or who the long-term influencers are going to be. Yeah. You, you have a unique perspective on this, Alan, because you were heavily involved in the process. What would you say are the key features that an influencer or streamer needs to have for them to be spotted or picked up by developers or interested parties to work with them? Uh, on these games, you know, on the launch or the building of communities? What do you think? Um, I'm not an expert. Sure. Um, so, so everything I say, you know, is just my own perspective. I, I'm not, I haven't spent years working with influencers like others have. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think, you know, the, the influencers, the most successful influencers that we've seen have a perspective. They have a, uh, they have a point of view and they have a style, right? That's unique to them. Like you can right. tell it, that's them. Okay. Um, so, you know, Crip has his own style, Trump has his own style, and they take different approaches to, you know, Trump, for example, uh, like to theory craft. Right, right, right. So, you know, he would, you know, talk about the interactions of cards and, you know, kind of be of a, more like a coach almost, okay. you know, and people would watch him to learn stuff. Um, Crip was more, you know, he would just play, um, and then comment, right? Yeah. As he was, as he was playing, um, but he wouldn't necessarily do as much theory crafting. As right. So right. they, they, they kind of had their own little, um, style that mm -hmm. they would adhere to. Uh, and that would attract, uh, different type of Hearthstone audience. Yeah. But I think the way that they get noticed by the developer, by Blizzard was the size of the audience. Ooh that they attracted okay and and that's important that's okay. really important because that that is probably with the the quickest and easy and most direct way for uh an influencer to get noticed by um um by a developer by blizzard right so it's like hey you gotta check out because you know the, the 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 most more than more than often than not the developers and the people working as the developer are are you know they consume twitch and everything else as well mm. and you know they'll see what's trending and they'll go like hey who's this who's this who's this guy right uh, they they're playing my game so i'm gonna check them out and then they'll go back to the office and say hey there's this guy like or gal and they're really good and i had a really good time watching and then it's like hey we should reach out to the, him or her and okay. then that's kind of how it happens um I, I and then i think it becomes a little more um analytical at that point which is mm. like okay uh you know they're very interesting do they fit right into the brand that we want for the game because there are influencers out there that you know um 
might have a big viewing audience, but may not necessarily be the right fit for that, or the or uh, doesn't fit the the vision that the developer has for the game, right? The image mm. that mm. that they want. So then that comes into play, uh, and then uh, you, they start thinking, okay, well, what is it that we you know potentially this this influencer could work with us, could help us, right? Um, and so it's one thing to get noticed, and then it's another thing for uh, and that's at the beginning. And then there's a bunch of analytical considerations that the developer has on whether this person is a fit or not, right? To be formally working in with with the developer in some way, shape, or form. All right, that's about the audience. That is actually very interesting. I think we can agree that for esports to become esports, <clears throat> an audience is of course needed. And this is where the streamers, influencers play a part. But there's also the game itself. Um, so I want to get back a little bit to one point you addressed, which is about getting feedback from you know these influencers you've worked with and, of course, the viewers watching the influencers also giving their feedback. What was the biggest key feedback you got that affected Hearthstone majorly? Was there any? Besides that, you know, people wanted to be in esport. Okay. <laughs> I mean, wow. that was that was definitely one of them, right? I mean, people and really? tournaments started popping up. Yeah. Right, yeah. Organically. Uh, I actually played in one of them early Wh on. What? Even as an employee. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Damn. Yeah. Very early on, like you know, because it's you know again, it's like it's a new it's a new game, and so there are no pros or no you know, no one knows who's good and right not. right. And so everyone feels like, oh yeah, I'm really good. I could, I could okay. clean up. Did um, you win? <laughs> I I did not get. Okay, so how did they do it? Right. Um, I won. It it was like uh, you play three matches and yeah. the people with the best record move on. Mm. So I played three people. Uh, I won two, lost one. Okay, that's that's okay. Um, but then I, I missed the tiebreaker, so I didn't ah. move on. Um, yeah, so I was I was a little bummed out, but I can tell you, um, I was so pumped, right? Meaning that there was so much adrenaline hmm. running through through me because it was streamed, right? You knew right, people right. were watching, and it was casted, right? right. And you know, uh, afterwards you could hear what they were telling, and, and they're critical, right? Like, why is he doing this? I don't know <laughs> what he's true. thinking. This, this deck is yeah. just doesn't make any sense i'm guilty of that when i cast blah, some games blah, 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 <laughs> right? and, and you know you can't help but take it first no so so first of all i was so amped while i was playing that it was hard to think it really right. was hard to think because you right. were just like Ugh. um in fact i was so amped that afterwards i ran 10k i literally oh. <laughs> said I've, i have so much I, I went out and just ran 10k and the whole time i was just thinking about um you know my deck choice and my play <laughs> And, because you, know, you were criticized, you were commented on. No, because I was so pumped, like I was oh, so nervous. Okay. So, so for me, it was a very um, um, good insight into the nature of competitive play, mm -hmm. meaning that it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I think practice, you know, online grinding on ladder has its uses, right? Yes. Uh, you can refine tactics and yep. whatnot. Um, but it does not prepare you for true no. competitive play. It's different. 
right? Where you're being casted, you're being Crazy. streamed. Yep. Um, you're playing against other people that are good, like like not just random guys. <laughs> like it, these people are also, you know, at, at the same level you, level as you, if not better. Yeah. So knowing and then being able to keep your cool Ooh. and thinking, right? I mean, like I said, I had so much adrenaline in my brain. I had a hard time even thinking. Like even the most simplest things that, you know, on ladder, you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm just going to play this. It becomes mechanical on ladder, right? You know, That's right. This, this. But in, in the match, you're like, okay, uh, if I do this, is it really right? Oh, wait, I'm so, I can't, wait, I forgot. Oh, and then you freeze, right? right? Mm -hmm. And then like Hearthstone, that's the worst part because in Hearthstone, there's a timer. Each turn has a timer. And uh, they call that's it roping right. out. So yes. there's like a rope. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's when you make really bad plays. Like you, you get, you, you can't concentrate and then you, you literally don't have enough time to even make the moves that you, you did. And then you look like a total idiot. So like all <laughs> these things come into play. And so um, I, I think, you know, my takeaway for esports is like, hey, man, I don't care what your rank is on ladder, right? Un unless you've actually played in a real tournament and shown mm -hmm. that you can focus and, and block out distractions and play smart, even under that type of pressure, right? There's no guarantee. I don't care how many times you were a legend. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a good competitive player. That's or right. you're immediately going to translate those skills into competitive play. Because the managing your emotions and being able to focus are just as important, if not more important, than having a good deck and knowing how to pilot. Yes. Oh, it is so different playing casually. Yeah. Even ranked doesn't cut it. Like ranked games, sure, they have more, you know, pressure there's more at stake but there's nothing like competing on LAN even more well I mean you used to be a competitive player so what was it like for you like how did you prepare yeah. and then what was it like playing in you know in a real money match so uh, there's one thing I think it's just your mental strength is tested uh I, I totally get what you mean when you when you have eyeballs actually watching you especially if it's on a LAN like, there are people literally behind you watching over your shoulders. That's pressure, man. And I was playing Counter-Strike, right? And in Counter-Strike, you need to aim well, and oh, you yeah. also need to move well. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're under that kind of pressure, sometimes you miss your keyboard clicks. Sometimes you miss your right clicks, your left clicks. And you look stupid doing those stuff. But when you actually pull off something superb and you hear the crowd like scream or uh, the casters get, get hyped, it's, it's actually going to save you from the stress. Oh, really? But it, only for uh, that second. Because okay. <laughs> okay. the next round, you're so pumped up because you were doing something great. You were thinking, oh, how do I do that again? And I'm going to tell you right now that you should not be thinking about how you can do that again. It will mess you up. I can and imagine, right? You, you start playing mind games with yourself. Oh, it's you actually are the ones. Uh, uh, you you are the one blocking yourself uh, from doing all the things you could have done, and you have actually done in your ranked games. Fascinating. So, how did you kind of try for you? What did you do to keep focused? It's experience, man. You just got to keep playing those lands yeah. and tournaments. You just got to keep grinding, grinding. And in a while, it's going to become your ranked game when you were only playing casually. That's At true. first, you get used to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You get used to the environment. You, 
so there's something people describe about going competitive. Sometimes it matters the air you breathe. Do you get what I mean? No. Explain. Like when you when you go to a land area, the air is different from when you're playing at home. Mm. So getting as used to it as you can, meaning you go grind your games at that land arena as much as you can will get Got you it. used to it. So You'll you, get you, used you, you try and simulate the environment as exactly. precisely you, you get, and as often and as you can. Yes. It's not just the air. It's actually all the small details. Like uh, I'm talking about Counter-Strike and it's a PC game. So there's your keyboard, mouse, headset, mouse pad. All those things actually matter. And that's why you see a lot of these pros. Even now, they have their own gear that they never want to switch for anything else. Because they know right. what it's like to press that key on a keyboard. They know how much the mouse weighs and how far you can stretch your uh, arms if you want to aim 180 degrees. All those stuff. It's going to change instantly if you switch places just because yeah. you breathe the so different air. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's like muscle mem memory to some yes. extent, right? All those things right. that you need to be able to do automatically without thinking about it in a real... I mean, if you think about something, then you can't do it, right? Yeah, that's right. It, it's, you know, I here here's a... I was reading this this um, this other book mm -hmm. about... Um, um, I think I know I, what book that is. It was about the ten thousand hours, but it wasn't Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell. No, it wasn't. It, it was a different book that it, it really? that went even deeper. Okay, uh, it's a really awesome book. I have it somewhere. I'll find at some point. I'll okay. I'll, I'll remember the name. But um, point being that, like, it talked about tennis, oh, and I that know this. <laughs> it is physically impossible to return a hundred mile an hour serve. Like yeah. you can, if if you wait until until the ball is hit, you cannot react fast enough no. to hit that thing back. Right. Um, let alone think about like if you even you don't even have time to think. Right. Because no. by the time you think about it, it's already by you. So the, the way the only reason why these people can return these serves is before the ball is even hit, they're already moving. Right. Yes. They, they have all, they're watching not the ball. They're, they're kind of watching the entire body of the of the person who's serving it, because based on that, they can kind of kind of guess which way the ball is going to go and they're already moving toward that direction and they're and more importantly they're not thinking about it no like it, it, they have trained enough that it's like second nature for them to do these things and then it goes on to say that the re, you know the the term choking oh, right yes. when someone chokes they said the 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 that's the kind of the uh, the, the slang way of saying but the scientific thing is essentially what's happening when someone chokes is they start thinking Yes. Like all of the muscle memory that they've developed, so they don't have to think about too many things. They can just play. Choking is when they start thinking, and all of these things that are automatic no longer become automatic to them. Yes. And that's when they choke. So it is fully, like you said, it's fully in the brain, mm -hmm. right? You need to be in, I guess, that zone, that zone where it's like, look, everything that I practice is just automatic. Yep. And it's not nothing is taking me out of that, and so I can just play. Yeah. And 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 I think esports and for many games, it's it's also the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like you said, air you breathe, and you, you simulate the environment so much, so that you know when it comes to a high pressure situation, it's like I'm just playing, man. Like whether it's high pressure or low, I'm just playing. 
Nothing's distracting me. And that is so important because I remember just playing ranked games, matchmaking in a Counter-Strike. The moment I said, I don't give a shit anymore, I played well. But the harder I try, the, the, the suckier I get. It's so weird. But it's exactly what you described. It's the muscle memory. Once you start thinking about it, it's not muscle memory anymore. That's right. Yeah. Here's another question for you. Do you think right now, it, it, like if you're starting out as you know, an, a um, prospective or aspiring you know, pro player, like you, know, you want to go, do you think there are enough opportunities to breathe the air, so to speak? For, for new players right now? That is very interesting. I think this was a problem back then when I was trying to get my hands on the pro scene. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to sound uh, like a cliche, but I was in a unique position. I was, in a, I was living in an area where there were literally no one else playing Counter-Strike. Hmm. So I was doing everything online, but it was enough, kind of. But back then, it was kind of fishy if you play good and you're playing online and you never show up on LAN. So you know what happened? I started getting banned oh. on these online right. servers. Right. And that actually made me stop playing Counter-Strike for a year or two. Because, dude, I play well, but I just have nowhere to play. And right. everywhere I go, they 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 just see me as a cheater, a hacker. And so how did sucked. you get into? I mean, after that, you got you, yeah. know, you got into competitive. So how did you kind of make that transition? Yeah. So Counter Strike Global Offensive rolled out, and I moved to Singapore. And in Singapore, it's easier to get anywhere, right? Mm. So I started meeting Singaporean players, and I started joining a team. And we actually went to a few lands, and we actually won a few. So that's when I started doing that. But to your question, Alan, about uh, there being enough opportunities to breathe the air, I think there needs to be way more of those. Mm. Way, way more of those opportunities. I, I agree with you. Because if what we, you know, if our hypotheses and our experience yeah. is true, right, nothing prepares you for the real thing but the real thing. No. Right. Um, if you want to be pro, then you got to go play in matches and you got to play in lands and you got to play in front of people. But but the irony there is you got to have the opportunity to. Yes, exactly. Right. And it can't be just for, you know, pros. Right. No. It, it, you, you've got even at the, you know, kind of the grassroots amateur level, you you need that opportunity because otherwise, how are you ever going to get better? Yeah, exactly. And for now, it's left to the players themselves to figure it out. And it's sometimes not the clearest thing to figure out. Right. You get lost. How the hell do I even start? And that was yeah. the question I have been asking myself. And a lot of people have been asking themselves who came to me finally when I started, you know, Sleepy Studios. Now at least we have somewhere to go, you know? Like, okay, I want to start playing Auto Chess, for example, which is the game we mm -hmm. focus on. And yeah. Indonesian players know that we are bringing them events. We are bringing the stage to them so they can just do whatever they want to do and yeah, see if well, they're you, any good. You, you're running, you're running a, a league right now for Auto Chess. You, you want to tell us about yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Uh, so Sleepy Studios, we we have worked with Meta, Alan, of course, here uh, on a few things together. But we recently launched a, uh, an Auto Chess league. Uh, the idea behind it is exactly what we were talking about. You know, giving opportunities to players to breathe this air. 
where it's a closed environment for now, where only a certain amount of players can play, and these players have to have a certain level of a meta rank. This is something Alan would probably do a better job explaining later. Um, but essentially, it's MMR, meaning if you are uh, above a certain level, you are eligible to compete. And the idea is to have the best of the best players compete against each other as often as possible. So we get to see who are really the best of the best and who are really you know, not ready to compete against the best of the best. And right. that is happening next month, 1st of May to the 30th. It's a league format. It's actually very exciting. And a lot of players are actually uh, very eager to start. But yeah, we, we, we got to wait for it. 1st May. That's awesome. And it also, it also the format hopefully will also allow the, the because technically they're, you know, they're relatively the same level, then yes. they can actually, you know, get some really good experience playing against, you know, people who give them a challenge, give yep. them a fight. Yeah. That's right. That's how you, you know, that, again, you, like the cliche goes, you only get better by playing against people who are better than you. That's correct. And that is the idea behind all this, the Auto Chess League. We call it the ACL. And there's a senior league that's only reserved to players above a certain meta rank. And then we're going to roll out an open one so everyone can try their hands on it. And if they're any good, then maybe they'll get promoted to the senior league. Nice. Yeah, it's a very... I think it's a necessary move, Ellen. Well, I, you know... it. it... There isn't any other sport that doesn't do that. Sports, right? When you say sports, yeah, it's traditional sport, sports. Yes, right. Exactly. Whether you know, e-sport is a sport. Yep. But it's unique in that, um, you know, this concept of ranks and getting promoted to higher leagues and making sure that people play each other of the same rank. I mean, within the game, that's, you know, you, within the game itself, mm. you know, they have the matchmaking. But yep. when you talk about competitive environment, right, um, where there's a tournament and stuff you don't see much of that. Mm -hmm. So um, I personally like, come on, right? I mean, you've got to be, have a way for, for, you know, uh, grassroots to get that competitive experience and, and not be stomped mm -hmm. um, every time. Cause that's no fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm um, I, for example, if I played that first Hearthstone tournament and granted it was at the beginning, so no one was super duper good. Yeah, but um, if, if I if it uh, if there was some semi-pro or pro dude playing and just stomps me on stream and humiliates me, well, I'm not a. That's not fun. No, it's... <laughs> and me, I'm not going to do it again. Nope. Right? Because nope. that, that's it's not cool. No. And I think right now, you know, my own opinion, esports and many many games, um, there isn't that that uh, necessary. Um, um, segregation of skill. Yeah. And so you get these, you know, people have bad experiences and they can't get better. Right. It's one thing to play against someone who's better, you know, incrementally better and you learn a little bit from them and you get better. And it's another thing that they're so good they just stomp you and you know, it's over. <laughs> no, in five you minutes. don't like, learn from learn that. Nothing. No. I just no. learned that I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get humiliated in front that of a thousand painful. people watching me. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think there's, it, it's something that, you know, as an industry, we, we need to get better at. Okay. Uh, we need those opportunities. I have a question. 
Why don't the developers take it upon themselves to build those features within the games? Mm. Um, I know they try. They try with their ladders, right? But they have the ladders, and, and but it, it's and I think don't get me wrong. Again, they 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 have the ladders, and most games have MMR of some yep. type. Yep. Right. Um, and some of them, ha- and they all have matchmaking. Most yes. Of them. Um, but again, it, it's like we were just talking about. You cannot simulate that air. Mm. Right. It, it's one thing, like you know, I quick match all the time, and Heroes of the Storm, and sometimes I'll play ranked, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's it's fun, but there's nothing on the line for me. No. Um, you know, uh, I know no one's watching. Right. 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 Other, than, other than you know, my teammates trying to give me grief sometimes. <laughs> But okay. but you know whatever, like so what? It's, mm. it's just there are no stakes, and nor okay. do I feel that uh, uh, I'm ever gonna be pro. Mm. Right? I'm not. I'm not like. But if I join a tournament, then there's there is some amount of ego, right? If you join yeah. a tournament, you think you're good. Yeah, that's true. Okay, you're not gonna join a tournament because you think you're gonna lose. <laughs> you're gonna join a tournament because you think you're good, mm-hmm. um, and that you want to prove. That you want to prove to yourself or to other people that that you're good too. Yep. Um, and that mentality and that mindset then is puts you in a completely different state, as we talked about. It puts you into that that adrenaline state, um, and that's very hard to to replicate for the developer to replicate that for you. Mm. Um, in fact, I would argue that in most cases it's impossible. Really. Um, you, you you can only get that by being in a real competition. Can that happen online? Oh yeah, I mean uh, that Hearthstone two competition I told you about was online. Oh yeah, that's true. A lot yeah, of it, it was are all online. online. Yeah. So I mean, like you were saying, if I was in front of a, a live audience, oh my god, I, I'm pretty sure I would, I would be petrified. I wouldn't even <laughs> be able to move my mouse, and I, I would just like forfeit or something like that. I mean, that's yeah. a whole nother level of that's true, of scary. Um, online was tough enough. I like I said, I can't imagine mm-hmm. doing my first tournament. Okay in front of people um hard man yeah okay wow see it it's it just all makes sense but why is it not happening like why are there not more opportunities for our players to breathe these competitive air so to speak Mm, how how do we catalyze it i think it's just a lot of work um by a lot of people Mm. And I think, you know, we're just, it'll happen. It's just early, early days, early days, early days. Right. I mean, think about, think about, um, you know, any other sport, let's take, you know, soccer, football as an example. And, you know, kids play in leagues as young as six or seven years old. But when you think about right. what's involved to make that happen, right. Okay. That's you need true. coaches, right. And then mm. you need someone to organize a league and then you need referees, you need, you know, a uniform maker, and you need, oh. I mean, you need, you need pitches, enough pitches, right, mm-hmm. to, to, to play on, right? But that's no problem, though, because everything's been built. I mean, football's been around, like, I don't know exactly, probably more than Hundreds. 100 years at least, yeah. right? And so over that 100 years or so, you know, everything was kind of evolved, Yeah. right? Um, you know, players, you know, uh, uh, kids who grew up playing and now are adults and have kids, they volunteer to be referees and they volunteer to be coaches and they have the skill set and the knowledge to impart that because they were imparted that knowledge. So they know. 
Yeah. Um, and so it, it's all, and pitches have been built, you know, sky, you know, every, every other block. There's a pitch. Yep, yep. Um, so it's all there. It's, and people take that for granted, sure. right? Like, of course there, there's all of this stuff. Like, why wouldn't there be? But then when you talk about esports, like, well, still relatively young, even the oldest games are maybe 10 years old, 15 right. years old. Um, so that there hasn't been enough time for all of that to kind of appear. Right. And so I think, you know, now people realize and, and there wasn't a pro scene. Right. No. Uh, until fairly recently where you, know, you actually make a living um, playing esports. So now that you have that, now all of the stuff that was neglected in the past becomes necessary. And it's it just a, it's a matter of building all those pieces. Now, I think the advantage that esports has is um, because it's gotten so big so fast. Right. In the past few years. It can accelerate. Right? It can yeah. develop all of these things in a much faster than other sports have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, you, you're going to have to go through those growing pains, right? Like you're going to have to have enough organizers. You're going to have to not have enough marshals. You're going to have to not have enough. You know, all of these things that you need for esports that needs to be built. Mm. So it makes it feels like we're at the stage where we're building infrastructure. We're building different parts of the infrastructure uh, separately. And at some point they have to converge. And maybe that's the point where we'll see esports get as big as traditional sports. Like, yeah. And, and uh, I think, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. So yeah, I was just going to say like for football, for example, soccer, yeah. you, you mentioned like we need to build pitches. We need to have the coaches. We need to have an audience to watch a pro scene. Yeah. All those are being built right now as we speak in esports. It's mm-hmm. it's actually it has been around for quite some time. Like Twitch uh, has been solving, you know, the viewership problem. Now everybody can just watch any game they want in a few clicks of their phones or uh, computers. And for the pitch, we have the games themselves. Those are basically your pitches, right? Mm-hmm. And and that is showing that esports have already got the structures ready, but now we just need to bring them together in a way where uh, a lot more people can enjoy it, consume it, and, and run it. And run it, yes. Right? I, I, I mean, someone has to, I think the most important piece is someone needs to organize and put all this stuff. Of course. Um, and most of the time, that's not the developer. No. Right? Because I think we and we talked about in a previous episode, that's not their business. Nope. Um, they don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, that's left to somebody else, and that is a specialized skill set. I mean, you do it, so you know how specialized it is. And I think the the other challenge with esport that maybe unique to esport is that there are so many games, and so many new ones being released. Yeah, that's true. And, and the, the format, the structure, the technical details around, you know, okay, how does observer mode work in this game versus that game? And this game has bands, that game doesn't. So you, you, it takes time to even learn, like, you know, um, uh, the news this week is uh, 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 Runeterra. Oh, yeah. From Riot. Of Legends, is, is yeah. Launching May 1st, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is clearly an eSport game. It is clearly has competitive potential. But does anyone really need, know the right format for it, or right. you know the right uh, structure? Best of three conquest. What, what you know? What is it? Yeah, you don't know that. If someone needs to. The organizers need to uh, learn that, mm. 
learn how to run an east, you know, uh, broadcast this this game. I mean, it's a whole learning curve. Yeah. And now you talk about all the esport games that are esport potential games that are being released. Every it's a lot to learn, man. Um, yes. You know how do I run a quote unquote proper uh, uh, tournament for this thing when no one's ever done it before? Yeah. Um, and and I and that takes time. And I think the other unique thing about about esports is that um, sometimes the games don't last long enough <laughs> <laughs> for for that skill set. Um, Heroes oh. of the Storm. Um. Hey, it's still around, bro. <laughs> but no more esports, though. Yeah, man. I mean, not from the developer anyway, right? Sure, um, sure, sure. Not from the developer. That's true. And 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 so that's the risk. Yes. Right now, football ain't going nowhere. No. Right. Football ain't going nowhere. Well, so yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the unique aspects of esports is that you know, games do disappear. <laughs> but and with that, all of that institute, all that knowledge yes. that's been built up, also disappears. Yeah. Oof. Well, thankfully, there are a few legends in the esports scene, like Dota, Counter Strike, League of Legends, who yes. stood the test of time. At least for now, Counter Strike has been around for twenty years, man. Can you yeah, believe dude. that? It's, uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say it'll be around for a very. Oh yeah, it's and, just so and easy. Result, and as a result, you see that the ecosystem for CS:GO is very deep. It is. I mean, it is one of the deep. deepest ecosystems. Yep. In terms of um, sophistication. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know the the private servers, anti-cheat, you oh, know, yeah. everything right mm-hmm. uh, around it is very, very deep. It's because it's been around so long, but people have had time to kind of refine and refine and refine. And the developers themselves had time to refine it. The game itself, you know, adding features, because we, the Counter-Strike community isn't really the kindest of communities. So we are very... Uh, uh, brutal when it comes to commenting on whatever Valve is doing to the game mm. and they've gotten so much better man like in the recent years they have added features that we were begging for for the past maybe 10 years or maybe since the inception of Counter-Strike Global Offensive but now that they've had that time to actually think about the Counter-Strike as a game as an esports game uh, now we're seeing it become more robust and it's going to get harder to tear it down and people are still going to enjoy it because it's just so easy to get into. That's right. You know, it'll be interesting again. Um, I don't think, okay, I answer my own question before I even ask it. I think CSGO, like I said, is going to be around for a very long time. Mm. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens when uh, Valorant comes out. I know, right? Oh, it yeah. is so exciting. I, I, the I the think, thing is, me as a Counter-Strike player, I I welcome it. You know, I welcome Valorant. I don't despise it for them trying to replace Counter-Strike. I think as great as Counter-Strike is, I think innovation is still needed to keep things fresh. Mm-hmm. And with Valorant coming in... Is it Valorant or Valorant? It's Valorant. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. You know what? Yeah, I'll Google it. Well, yeah, but the point is I welcome it because I want to see new things. And that game... Uh, is actually bringing in a lot of fresh stuff, and that's why a lot of people are so interested in watching. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 uh, it's exciting. 
It's only in beta, by the way. And oh, yeah. millions of people are tuning in concurrently on Twitch. Yeah. That is crazy. I mean, I, I remember when, you know... Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good indicator of how big the game is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's going to be a monster. Okay, so... Oof, we've gone a long way from Hearthstone. <laughs> that's all right. We, we, we kept our promise. Of course, of course. Um... I wanted to get back into Hearthstone a little bit. Uh, you know, you, you've gone... Sorry, how long were you involved in Hearthstone? Since the... Before the beginning? Before the beginning, until... Uh, oh, until maybe about a year, year and a half ago. Oh, oh, that's fairly recent. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, I was... I, I just played, played that <laughs> Okay. Was, right, right. It was awesome. It's an awesome game. Right. So the question I wanted to ask about Hearthstone, uh, this could be our last question for Hearthstone. Uh, how was the building of the esports scene? What was the first esports event, like a proper esports event, and what were the things you cared about the most, and was it in line with what the community wanted from the game? You know... Um... I can't remember what the first wow. official esport event was for Hearthstone. What I can tell you is that here in Southeast Asia, mm. we, you know, we took pride in running esports events for Hearthstone, in the sense that um, we, you know, we were one of the first regions, Blizzard regions anyway, to um, kind of introduce the the majors concept, wow. uh, where we would invite you know players from around the region to a specific spot we did one in thailand we did one in malaysia we did one in philippines we right. did one in singapore um and and in and in, it was open right anyone could join um and so players would fly themselves in you know to these locations right and usually it was a very cozy i mean this was not i think the the unique thing about um our majors and why people liked it so much is um, it was really meant to be a community event, not mm. so much a pure esport event. And so we would not, we we didn't hold them per se in you know uh, a uh, a big stadium or theater. Right. We, like the first one, we did in a hostel. Right? A hostel. All the players were staying. Yeah, in a hostel. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Right. We set up some PCs, and you know they would play there, and and they loved it because they got to hang out together. Hang out, yes. And it was so much fun, I, I kid you not, that players from Australia, Korea, China would just fly in <laughs> to play. And, and some of, like, and these weren't, um, and these were some of the biggest names in the region, right? Like uh, the, the Korean players, I think Kranich, for example, he was right. like one of, the, one of the top five players in the world. He would just fly in on his own dime Oof. and play. In our in our major, just because you know he lo they love and the other they loved just hanging out with other players. They loved the environment that wow. was casual and it was fun. Um, and I think you know that is, I, I think he loved it because that is in a, in a large sense that is the essence of esports. That's mm. the roots, mm -hmm. right? Even before it was big, when you were playing Warcraft three and you know LAN and you know it was crappy broadband and you know you. <laughs> You were in your flip flops and screaming at the other guy across it. <laughs> I mean, but that's what you—that was what was fun about it, right? And yes. I, I think that is ultimately the roots of esports. It is esports is grassroots. That's where it, 
came from and that's where it lives and that's what people like and that's they love the community aspect of it mm -hmm. um i think now yeah, there's definitely a, a, a place and purpose for the flash and the big stadium events and that's the evolution um but when we talk about the grassroots i mean that's what that's why people play right and it's no different than other sports right and if yeah. you play football Right, you're you're gonna you're you're a middle-aged guy. And you're gonna put on your cleats and you're gonna go to the pitch and you know foul the other guys because <laughs> you can't run so fast. <laughs> you, but then afterwards, oh, you're gonna sit there and have a drink with everybody and just talk shit because that's what's fun. Hmm. And I think esports is the same thing. Hmm. At the, at its very core, its very root. Okay, that is a good way to end this. At least for Hearthstone. All right, so <laughs> that was fun—the journey of the Hearthstone esports ecosystem. Would you say it's going to a good place? Like it's headed to the right place for you personally? Oh, you mean Alan? Hearthstone itself? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't follow the esports scene so closely anymore. Okay. So, um, I, I, I don't know. Like, okay, so this is what I will say about Hearthstone. My own opinion of it. Um, I feel that Hearthstone, an opportunity for Hearthstone Esports is to take a page out of how World Poker Tour does it. Okay. Because okay? uh, let's be honest, right? Hearthstone um, has RNG. Yep. Okay. Which a lot of people somehow think it disqualifies it from being an esports because <laughs> there's RNG in it. I, I totally disagree. Mm. But I do think that because there's RNG in it, um, that it requires a little different format yeah, than yeah. say you know CS:GO, of course, right? Um, and I think a good format to look at is how how poker does it. Um, where you know is it a live broadcast or is it a post-produced broadcast? Mm. Because let's face it, again in, in Hearthstone, there's a lot of grind, you know, stuff that isn't super. It isn't always exciting all the time, um, but it is the RNG aspect, just like poker. Like uh, I don't know if you've watched. World Poker Tour, ESPN World Series of Poker. Mm. Um, if you haven't, you know, just go online and, and check out an episode, and then you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, but but poker, you know, most of the time poker, you can't even see what the other people's cards no. are. No. How can this possibly be exciting? Watching five guys sitting around <laughs> at the table playing cards, like that's got to be the most boring thing. But they've made it exciting, and the way they've made it exciting is a, um, they have cameras that show people's cards. Yeah. And B, they edit it out so that it's the most exciting part. And the most exciting parts are exactly the RNG, mm. right? Like this guy needs one card just to win. Like he's bet everything. And then boom, he gets it and everyone goes nuts. Like, oh my God, how? Yeah, yeah. So freaking lucky, you know, or he bluffed everything and he won. So, um, and I think, you know, Hearthstone can take a lot of learning from that, right? Like embrace the RNG and make that the part that's exciting for viewers. Okay, um, so I I personally would love to see Hearthstone go in that direction, rather than oh we got so lucky RNG like no like it, it is part of the game man it is what it is. makes Hearthstone such a so unique among many of the other esports out there, and just produce it in a fashion where as a viewer um, I can get into it I can get into that RNG. So. Are you saying that it's going to be more valuable if it's post-produced? My opinion, yes. Okay. That, that's my own personal opinion. Yeah. Because I'm 
so so just to go on a tangent here because we are doing auto chess right i feel like it's similar in that sense sure and it it might even have more rng than hearthstone because in hearthstone you actually uh uh make your decks right in auto chess it's a free for all like literally here's a pool of pieces and you just pull out uh whenever you're given some of these pieces <laughs> Yeah, actually, I didn't think of it, but that's true. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I played a fair amount of auto chess. I'm not good at it by any means. <laughs> um, you've seen me play, I think, so I'm not, I'm not good. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, that when you do draw that, you know, get a three-star, when you yeah. draw that last, you know, it, it's round 40, and, you know, it's just you and this other dude, yep. and, you know, whoever gets the next piece that stars up their, 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 their piece is pretty much going to win, and the one guy gets it, um, that, that is the match. That is the match, right? Yes. Um, and the buildup to that is the match. Like, okay, you know, that piece mattered because back in around three, mm. he started collecting that particular piece. So like, again, that's what I mean by, by embracing the RNG. The best players use the RNG to their advantage. The mm -hmm. best players can anticipate the RNG and they're building it. Right, they are yeah, already yeah. preparing for that RNG. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that's the true genius players, right? They're like RNG. Pff, there's no RNG, man. I build that into my game. Yeah. Right. That makes me so good. Yeah. Now, you cannot uh, appreciate that genius live. It's mm. too fast, right? You don't have enough time that's to true. say, like, oh, back in round three, he was picking up because you don't even like even as a caster, you you don't have that kind of memory. No. Like, no. you you no. don't know. Right, but when you look back, like if you recorded it and then you look back and like, oh my God, I, he was, he was all he already knew that by round forty he was gonna he had a chance to pull that piece. Yeah, he was already preparing that, or she was already preparing, freaking genius. Yes. And then if you post produce it, you can play around that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It's fun. You pick the pieces so that by the time the viewer, so and the, you clue the viewer in. Right, like you, you can kind of lean in like. Well, you know, I don't know why he took that synergy right there. He might be preparing for something, you know, in in the later round, mm -hmm. right? And then by the, and then you're kind of teasing the viewer so that when he does pull that piece in round forty, the audience all appreciates it. Like, oh my god, what a freaking genius! That guy is like a master. He actually saw that, mm -hmm. right, from round four. But you cannot do that in a live stream, right? And as a result, you know. Um, that's where I feel that some people discount certain games like, oh, yeah, it's just RNG. Like, no, man, it's not just RNG, right? Yes, RNG, you know, maybe um, RNG every, you know, uh, every one time out of three, it is RNG. Like, you won because you were lucky. But, you know, the best players, they are able to mitigate that mm -hmm. so that over, like, a match, over three or four or five matches, the true quality comes up because they are, they are able to play through that rng and sometimes you can make it to your advantage but it's hard to see that yeah. right in a live cast and that's why i think post producing you know some of these type of games actually might be the better format now having said that it's a lot of work to post produce oh shit man i was just right? gonna, i was just thinking about oh, that like oh sh how am i gonna okay oh. and, and that's why um you know uh they only post produce like for poker at the highest levels at the highest levels. Because it's costly to post-produce. It, it really um, is. 
but I, I think you know there's some happy medium I think you know and I would love to get to the point where you know where we have the you know the industry has the resources to post oh yeah like it's worth it to post produce because the other thing about post producing is it allows you it, you're no longer tied to a certain broadcast window mm-hmm. which means that I can I can sell that production to anybody mm-hmm. at any time you, you get my saying yes and so so um, that makes it, you know, gives you more opportunities to monetize your yeah, production, yeah. right? Because in the end, um, like ESPN World, uh, again, World Series of Poker, I know who won. I actually, you know, at the, because it's post-produced, you already know who won. You can look it up online, like, oh, he, that guy won. But that's, that's not right. the point. No, that's not the point. The point is, is like you're you're engrossed in the stories. You're engrossed because they build it up. Like, oh, this guy's so cocky, and you know, such a jerk at the table. And, you know, he bluffs all the time. So you're, you want to see like, okay, is he going to bluff this time? And do people pick up on it? And the commentators are building that up. All right. So that's the advantage of post-produce. It's not so much who wins. It's like they build these stories around it and you get engrossed in those stories over the course of the tournament. That is very exciting. I am actually very excited now to explore those options for auto chess. Because I, I do see the value in that. And I have seen moments that would have been so epic if we just caught it and commentated well. Mm-hmm. And we can do that in post-production. But yeah, post-production, yeah. you can slow things down, you yes. can speed things up. That's right. Right? Like, yes. you, for that one moment, you can drag it out for five freaking minutes if you yes. want. Yes. And just talk right, about that single thing, and it's going to be entertaining. Well, switch between players, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. the guy adds in the build-up yeah. to it, and then you know everyone in the audience or the viewership is like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You give them time to explain it, to explain right. to them, and then for them to appreciate it. Yes, and appreciation. Is like, the key. I got it. I'm like, oh, yes. that was so cool. <laughs> right? yeah, that that appreciation part is where it's kind of missing if it's doing uh, if it's been done live, because you know it it might just go over your head. You just don't yeah. realize how I mean, genius that cast. moment was. Yeah, I watch your oh, I watch your casts on a regular basis, and you're a great caster. But there's <laughs> only you. you're limited by the timing. <laughs> the timing. Right? Right? The guy That's made right. a huge move. He got the piece, and then whoa, wait, 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 wait. This is the next round. Okay, I can't dwell on it. No, because I, you know, something's moving. Has it's moving. It's moving. Yeah. It's a moving thing. That's right. So, you can't pause it. That's <laughs> that would be so weird. <laughs> hey, wait, guys! Actually, I'm gonna you know, pause it here because you know, I want to another... comment it. Yeah. I, I think esports, there's innovation. Right? Maybe right. you do pause it, mm. right? Maybe there is a like maybe if there's a pause button in the game, you can delay it and say, mm. guys, uh, you know, uh, there's a one minute break here because I need to go all epic on my. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so fucked up. Take a break, and I'm just gonna go. Ah, right, and we're gonna have a replay. And you guys just wait a second. I mean, you know what? That's what they do in the NFL. Oh, really? Yeah, they do that? Oh, yeah, they're commercial. In a live players. game? Oh, wait, right, game, right. Like, oh. if you ever get a chance to go to an NFL game. I would love right? to, man. Yeah. There will be lulls. Like, it, right in the middle yes, yes, of, yes. The, of the game, there'll be like a, a two-minute break. And you just kind of hang out, and the teams are hanging out. Because they're a commercial on TV, dude. Yes, 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 yes. And then they'll come back. Oh, so, so because again, they are um, the sport is built around the broadcast. Around the broadcast, oh right. man! Esport so right sad. now is very much built around the live stream. 
yeah. around the game limitation itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think over, I, I fully expect that somewhere in the near future, you know, the developers are going to give these tools. And this is why it's like coming around full circle back to our story about Hearthstone. Yep. If developers need to give the tools so that, um, you know, the broadcast or the game, at least eSport, can be built around the broadcast. Mm. Right? Versus vice versa. Because it allows for so much more, um, much richer viewer experience. I know what's missing in auto chess, Alan. What is it? A replay function. Mm. The amount of things you can do with a replay function. Holy shit, I can't wait. All right, Drado, if you're listening, please, 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 please work on the replay function. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, auto chess is fun, and we're going to talk more about auto chess, Alan. Cool. Uh, but not now. Now we got to wrap this up. It has been an hour. It's almost an hour and 10 minutes. So we, sh yeah, we're done. Hearthstone was fun, man. Thanks for sharing the stories. Yeah, no problem. Brings back fun memories. Maybe yeah. I'll even play it tonight. Oh. <laughs> if I can get a deck together. Oh <laughs> yeah, with all the new cards and shit, not knowing oh, what's happening on the... Actually, I, I take that. I could just use my old cards. Oh, yeah. In the current meta and yeah, see yeah, how yeah. that goes. I'd probably just get wiped out. <laughs> that would be so... Yeah, that, that's going to be fun. That okay, would be man. a fun stream, actually. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. That's a tangent. Sorry, let's save that for next time. <laughs> yes, uh, we should. We should. We'll talk yeah. about, you know, stuff like uh, what's good on screen, what's not really good on screen, and then we can oh, figure out, right, what could be the value that is really, really interesting for the viewers to consume live or post-produced. So let's save that for another one. For today, thank you so much, guys, for listening. If you are interested in this topics and you want to talk about it, please do reach out to us, Andy, uh, on Instagram, LinkedIn. Just find me. Uh, I'm going to link it in the description. And, of course, Alden Cho also on Instagram and LinkedIn. And we're going to have some chats about esports because it's fun. Thanks, Alan. Thank you, Andy. All right. I'm going to stop it here, and I'll see you guys in the next one, probably next Take week. Care. Take care. Bye.